1: It is the Anfield Rap It is the first Anfield Rap Of the season proper uh, Liverpool go to Chelsea And draw one all It's our first one Hosted by Sports Social And it is also Our first one Where we are Partnering brilliantly With Green King uh, Green King Sport uh, Where football Is more than a game Green King Sport Venues are showing uh, Every single Televised Liverpool fixture Across the cor- this course Of the 23-24 season And they've got 900 900 sports pubs Across the UK It doesn't matter Where you are Based in the United Kingdom You'll be able to catch every minute of the Reds over the course of the campaign. Other games as well because other football does matter and throughout the season we in conjunction with Green King will be announcing events and bits and pieces uh, content and competitions and so on that put you closer to the action across this but we just want to say thank you very much to Green King Sport for partnering with us over the course of the year. You'll hear more about that as we go Uh, here. I have got Neil Jones, I've got Harry Pryor uh, and I've got Andy McCann Um, and we will start on uh, Chelsea versus Liverpool. Inevitably the transfer market will rear its head but Neil Jones it was a good game um, and, and I really want to sort of start on that because I'm, I, I feel as though it's a game that no matter what you think about Liverpool or for that matter to an extent Chelsea afterwards you can probably find something that supports your opinion um, of what they either should do or what's wrong or what's good but I just want to start with the idea it was a really good game of football I thought by two good sides both of whom I expect yeah. to finish in the top six.
2: Yeah I, I watched Match of the Day 2 late last night and heard the, the commentator, I think it was Guy Mowbray, say, if only all Premier League games were like this, two two teams just going at each other. And it it, it was like that, wasn't it? You know, you think about the two games last season yeah. uh, between the two sides and it was night and day, wasn't it, in terms of you knew straight away, first five minutes, let not finish 0-0 this one. Um, I'd have been surprised if it had finished 1-1 yeah. to be finished in that point. But I think it's interesting because I was on a show late last week and we said, if you give Liverpool a draw now, and a lot of Liverpool fans a draw, they take that. But I don't think there's ever a real draw that people are happy with almost. it's you know, Unless it's sort of, you've, you've, you've nicked one in the 90th minute and got an equalised, a bit like that Daniel Sturridge game. I don't think anyone's ever happy after the draw. It's always like, oh, we've had that ahead, or we could have won that at the end, or we could have, You know, we, we, we can't give up too many chances and that kind of thing. But I actually thought, Generally, it's a decent result for Liverpool. And I don't think it was a terrible performance either. I actually think it was quite a good good performance in patches. There's weaknesses, bro. But, but you have to also remember that Chelsea got a good manager. They were at home. They've got a new sort of vibe about the club. They've got a few new signings. They've got a lot of expensive players, experienced players. You sort of you're asking a lot if you think you're gonna go in there there and sort of win. And I, I heard someone on the on the radio this morning, I think it was Nigel Rio Coca saying. Liverpool should be going there and winning easily, and I think I don't think I've in all the time I've watched Liverpool. I can't remember the last time they went to Stamford Bridge and won easily in in any any guys in Chelsea with any manager, Liverpool with any manager. So I think that's a bit, you know, there's a bit. I, of think, a bit, OTT. I think no, I
1: think I think that's a bit. I think the idea of of that. You know, not least because of the money spent, and there's obviously the Caicedo thing, but there's other bits and pieces. I think the idea that you go into Chelsea and you're rocking up, and they're a gang of idiots who don't know how to play footy, which was a bit, and there was some of that was coming from Liverpool supporters as well. And I, you know, I I did feel a little bit like, you know, I, I, I feel as though we'll go there and we'll have better players. And I think that we did have. A lot of players, certainly in the attacking sense, who I think are superior to the Chelsea alternatives. But they're built in this way there, where there's this back seven. The 2 fullbacks are really good players. Fernandez was the business, both, yeah. and he is the business. It's worth pointing that out. You know, and then you're looking at the... There's, there's good centre-backs there. There's one Liverpool might have paid up to 60 million quid for playing for. When you begin to go through it and break it down, Neil, it's like you can have a chat about whether or not you feel as though they've got enough cutting-edge Chelsea. But what that meant was they had a great way of building the play across those seven, and they could yeah. look after the ball really well.
2: Yeah, and they've got players who, you know... In individual moments, are big, aren't they? They've got Thiago Silva, who you know, when Darwin threatened to break, you know, knew exactly what to do. They had, you know, Raheem Sterling, who's been one of the best players in the Premier League for a number of years. Who he is dangerous, and he's you, clever. He's clever. He's strong. You know, he, he knows he knows how to exploit gaps. You've got two excellent wing backs, like you say. So yeah, there's not. You know, I think I think the issue with that you would have liked to see Liverpool do. Is really put it on their chin and say, okay, what? How's you? How's your good vibes when it's two nil? Yeah. You know, mm. let's let, let's let's get from one nil to two 0 how, how how's your sort of how's your new dawn now? But they never did it, and okay, that might happen. They didn't win when they when they went for the quadruple. I don't think they won away at Chelsea or I don't think they beat Chelsea or City in any of the games they played. The four, I think they drew all of them. Um, they might have drawn both of them with tottenham as well in that season so yeah. it's it's not the end of the world if you don't beat one of the sort of the the big traditional rivals but i, I think sort of the frustration is that I think from that first twenty minutes, I think you thought Liverpool had a good chance of doing it. The game's in chunks, uh, Harriet. You know, zero to twenty-five, I
1: think, is a period. Twenty-five to seventy-five is a period. Although there is the ten minutes after half-time where it, you know Liverpool it ends with the the contentious penalty, and then seventy-five to close is a separate period. But zero to twenty-five, as Neil Jones says, it does feel as though Liverpool they could really have done with with turning that one goal into two.
0: Liverpool looked like a team that had pretty much only attacking options on the pitch in that first 25 minutes and that's maybe why I feel like some fans have come away from that thinking we set up so attackingly so offensively why didn't we just push in that first half an hour and get that second goal and then really make Chelsea consider their options and then it kind of swung the other way I, I don't know if you put it in there with all, all your chunks of time but I thought 35 to 45 Chelsea were far on top Like that, oh, period, great, yeah. that period before half time I was thinking if we don't concede a goal here like I was just wishing half time because it felt like they were so on top It just, for me, it it was like in that final period, they just figured us out a little bit. I would have maybe liked to make a change at half-time. I felt like Gakpo never really got into the game in that position. There was maybe question marks whether he should have started, whether Jones should have started. The the thing is, when I come to look at it and I look at the starting eleven, I really like all of those players individually. Like, all of those players, I think, deserve a place in the starting eleven. But for me, you saw in the first half an hour when it works, how it works. But then I think you saw a little bit in periods after that how the balance is sometimes just a little bit off. I think you really recognise that, that yes, we can all talk about McAllister and we'll come on to individual performances. Thought he had a really good game, but does he provide that balance that you want from that role? Moving forward, obviously we we saw how quick we were kind of moving forward and in transition and the attacking options we have and the talent we have in that area, incredible. And, And you see that in those really good periods, but then in the worst periods, you see how vulnerable we are when Chelsea counter quickly, when they get the ball in transition, when they're winning the ball back in dangerous areas. So I think you, you kind of see throughout the course of that game, all your opinions that you had going into the season were validated. Liverpool have incredible attacking options. You see that in those good periods, but also Liverpool need more in terms of a defensively solid number six, another def- more defensive reinforcements in that back line as well. All the frailties you thought were there before the game, you could see as clear as day, but all the strengths as well, you could see clear as day.
1: Andy, one of the things I took from the game whilst watching it live, you know, first half, was the quality of both sides, the ability to move the ball 30 to 50 yards really quickly, whether that's through a carry or more accurately with, with players like McAllister for our goal is a good example, Trent Alexander Arnold's a good example, Fernandez is inevitably a good example the number of excellent 30-yard balls, not 70-yard raking passes, shabby Alonso, Steven Gerrard, even Virgil van Dijk-like, but instead the idea of, no, this is how we just pop ourselves up here and now we've got the ball in this part of the pitch. I thought well, one of the things they work out is how Fernandez is going to find Sterling or James in attacking areas over and over again. They, they worked that out in that first half period and it makes a big difference. But, you can say they work it out. The first thing I just want to say is the quality was breathtaking. The quality of those passes at times I thought was amongst the best I've ever seen If you without sounding ridiculous. Just the idea you've just seen something go up a level
3: in the game over and over again. Yeah, there's a, there's a chance, isn't there, that it was like the, a game between two teams that need a number six and obviously there's the one that every, both teams have been linked to, it and it looks like he's going to Chelsea now. There's a chance in that type of game we both have number sixes and they're not that effective because the game is that quality with 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 the you know the progressive passing from like inside just inside your own half or whatever there's a game and a six gets bypassed and that i'm sure Casey for either side would have made a difference but when you've got players like McAllister, who for me he needs a number six quick so he can go and do what he's he's going to be doing a lot slightly higher up the pitch which makes us better defensively then is um when you've got people like him or enzo who can just Ping them 30, 40 yards, and then you've got clever players like Salah who will drop in off the fullback to receive it, and then he's one on one with them. And once Salah or a Sterling is one on one with a fullback, it doesn't matter who he is, if they've got options in front of them. And I thought the, the big difference between the two sides going forward was we've got better quality in that, you know, that. And more. <laughs> and more quality in, in and around the forward lines where Sterling was often getting it, doing what he should be doing, and then looking up and thinking. Jackson's not quite at the level, you know, where a Diaz is or a, a Jota. Even though Jota didn't necessarily play yesterday, but the, the attacking talent on show for both sides was, was breathtaking.
0: The combinations as well between the players was something that really impressed me for for an opening game of a season. I thought particularly McAllister, the way he linked up with the other midfielders, Soboslai, Their their little links up, to link links up at times it's a hard to say I mean obviously Salah does that so well all the time but I think every player yesterday just really looked like they were aware and had an understanding of where everyone else was on the pitch and, and that's something for me that was really lacking towards the end of last season that general kind of understanding of where everyone else is going to be where to play the balls in that, for me, is something that really impressed me yesterday and is what gives me confidence moving forward that when we do have a bit, be- a bit of a better balance in the team, when we can pick out those passes and really play in that progressive way, it's going to be really exciting.
1: There's something for me, and this is back to the idea of the way it feels versus the way in which it necessarily is or isn't. So Liverpool are not going to play against Enzo Fernandez every week. So you've got to be really sort of clear about that. But it felt like it was just too easy for Chelsea to get into Liverpool's final third.
2: Yeah, I th- I think the, the bigger problem for Liverpool was they, they didn't look after the ball well enough. In probably not in their own defensive third, in the sort of the the pockets, if you want to call it that. You know, Jota was quite loose, wasn't he? Give a few away. I mean, they only had one shot on target in the in the game. Even though I mean, Salah had one block that was going in the bottom corner. Diaz had a header that was blocked with a hand that was probably going for the the bottom corner in the second half. But they only had one shot. But they wasted a load of chances where you thought they're in. And he never they never they weren't in. You know, Salah missed miscontrolled one off the ball down the line where Diaz had the whole penalty area to himself. Gakpo made the mess of one where he done brilliantly to sort of body uh, Gallagher out the way, wasn't he? And then squared to Salah He ends up hitting the bar, but it's a better chance for Gakpo than it was yeah. for Salah. There was a nut there was one really early where Jota plays it too wide for Diaz where he's in and you think oh, you're in. Liverpool do that a lot and in the game and I think it when you when you You've sort of almost accepted, and Liverpool did accept, that they were not going to have a, as much of the ball as they, they often do in games. You need to sort of be more precise with that. And I think this Liverpool team will be more precise in, in those moments. They've got better players now. In those moments, they've got Sobba they've got McAllister, they've got Gakpo, who, who are really clean, sort of Manchester City-type sort of type players who, you know, you, you don't have to worry about their first touch. They're not sort of rushed. They're always a little bit controlled. But just yesterday they didn't quite get it right, and I think that was the bigger problem for them. I think it, it, they were turning it over in, in in areas where it was a oh that was a chance, and then B oh god now we've got to get back, you yeah. know. And I think that was that was where a lot of the trouble came from. Not necessarily Liverpool not you know being structured enough in terms of having strong enough players. I think Klopp said that in his thing. He said this it had nothing to do with the characteristics of the midfield. He said we were too deep as a formation, um, which I didn't necessarily see live, but. I think that I think it does. It does look on a few clips that you see. Actually, I see what he means. There's a, there's two big gaps basically, um, but I, I I think that's okay. I mean, you know, it's right to say you know this team's going to score goals. It's going to create a lot of chances. It already did in in the game. You know, if 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 a little bit goes right, if McAllister gets that pass right at the end to Nunez, which most of the time he would, they probably, they, there's a very good chance to win the game. And you know, I know Chelsea will have moments of their own, but. That's sort of, that's the point of a draw isn't it? (laughs) You both have moments.
0: It's interesting, I kind of asked asked this back to you, Neil. Do you think there's an acceptance this season that Liverpool might go into games and approach them where they don't feel they need to have as much of the ball, like their possession stats don't need to be as high because they don't want to leave themselves as vulnerable in in counter-attacking situations? So if they just have the ball, like kind of not try and win it back in as dangerous areas, then there's kind of an acceptance around that this season?
1: Yeah, I thought thought it was quite interesting how, how, how often they chose to allow Chelsea just to have it in that area. One of the problems with that, though, was that was allowing Chelsea to work out right this is where we get Fernandes on it and now this is what he's going to do and I think there's a fine line between that between the idea of you wanted to make it harder I felt for them to get the ball into him uh, at times and I think Liverpool had sort of decided because they didn't want to get caught out pushing that they were going to allow him to have it and not just him but other players as well and I think that that's a risk to allow obviously really good players to have it because they'll begin to ask you questions that you find difficult to answer but that said again one of the things that I think is really interesting in the game, uh, Neil, is that, you know, well, we mentioned the excellence of Chelsea twenty five to seventy five, but in a really weird way, they don't they get the best chances, not necessarily when they've dominated possession, but more when they hit Liverpool on the break. They still yeah. the the chances still come when Liverpool are in transition.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean Chilwell had one, didn't he, where they switched it nicely from Liverpool's left to Liverpool's right. I think if his touch is right, he scores oh, he's he got a very good chance of scoring. He doesn't get his touch right. Um Jackson had one, didn't he, where he I, I was quite impressed by Jackson. I thought yeah, he, I, I thought, thought he was, was, I thought he had a good mm-hmm. game, you know, and he was a handful, wasn't he? And I, I actually thought it was one of them weird scenarios where the centre backs did quite well against him, and he did quite well against the centre backs. You know, I didn't, I did, I wouldn't have looked and said, "Oh, Kanata's had him off all game there." Yeah. I wouldn't have looked and said, "Oh, he's giving them nightmares." I just thought it was a good, good battle, I and mean, for a young lad on his debut, I thought he'd done done quite well. Um, yeah, I mean Chelsea. I watched I watched the Sky highlights this morning, and it felt like it presented as Chelsea had all of the chances. And I, I looked, I thought, well, you know, Van Dijk went close with one. Salah at the bar. Salah had one blocked on on the goal line. He could have had a penalty. Darwin had one deflected just wide. They should have picked out um or they both had a goal I thought it was quite an even yeah. in terms of in terms of chance and I think the I think the XG, you know, without going in too deep into it, I think it was quite similar. I think it was probably two two around that in, in in XG. So I don't Yeah, I don't I thought Chelsea dominated the sort of the making of the game, if you like. They were they were sort of more you know, they, they looked more in control of the game, but I wouldn't, I, t- I didn't, I didn't feel like it was sort of Liverpool absolutely hanging on, apart from that sort of period, just probably just after, just before half time and probably just after the hour mm-hmm. mark until, until they made the changes. I think the, the idea of, of hanging on, I think,
1: is interesting in and anti for me because, firstly, there's a couple of things I'll say again, you know, Chelsea are just an attacker light. Part of why they're able to make the game is because. They've got one more defender slash midfielder on the pitch at all times. So they've got one more available for the pass. You know, the unbelievable centre-back passing numbers for Chelsea. But there's three of them and a goalkeeper who's good with his feet. So the ball's just circulating there all the time and Liverpool are letting them. But I think the other thing that's interesting is... I think it's 65, and I think the where the, the expected goal stuff was striking to me, having a little look, was Chelsea didn't have a shot after the 70th minute. I think they really run out of gas uh, there, and Liverpool's changes, I think, help shut the game down, whether or not it makes Liverpool more creative. I think Liverpool shut the game down quite well and sort of say, no, you know what, we're all, we're all done here.
3: Yeah, I think control was the word that was getting banded about in the boozer yesterday. Is Jones comes on and he maybe takes away a, th- a goal threat slightly, but he just gives you a bit more control. And there's times when, you know, I know most of us are fans of him, sometimes he chews it a bit too much and you think and release it. But I think he needed to do that yesterday. He's come on and he's, he's quietly kind of killed the game a little bit and then let us grow into it. And I know you've got Robertson. Robertson, once Jones had come on, kind of started getting more forward. But just just picking up on Harriet's point before, it's, I think like some of the Twitter heads get, you know, we should be going there and winning. The In the season when we won the league, you have difficult moments in every game. There's The amount of one 0s we had in that championship season, but you could have been one 0 down after thirty minutes away at any side in the league. You're never going to get to go. I was impressed like that we suffered. I think both centre halves play yeah, well. Yeah, Come yeah, on I to individual
1: performances, but we suffer well. I thought Andy, yeah. yeah. you know, we, it's hard. But we,
3: I think last season we'd have broke. We didn't break. Is is the big thing for yeah. me? No, definitely. And you, you're going to have to suffer, especially venues like Stamford Bridge you're always going to have to suffer you're going to have to go through moments where the striker misses a chance that you would expect them to score but it's about how you react and I thought the two centre-halves played really well yesterday Great stuff from Harriet, Neil
1: and Andy we'll be back in a minute or two with more on individual performances The two centre-halves do play really well Neil and I want to get on to individual performances uh, around it because they play well I think everyone it's a funny thing you know. I read your, your match ratings and I think it's a funny thing where you feel as though possible exception of Jotter and Gakpo, Everyone else who started the game, I think, acquitted themselves
2: really, really well. Yeah, I mean, and even, even Gakpo, it was, it was more he didn't get the ball a lot. You know, I think I looked at half time, I think he had nine passes in the first half, and obviously he's playing in, in the middle of the pitch. You, you'd expect more. I know, I know it wasn't a game where Liverpool had an awful lot of the ball, but Gakpo's good enough to get on it and, and, and make a difference. He, he faded, and I think all, all of the attackers who started the game faded quickly in the second half, or, or certainly drifted from view. And I know Salah Salah made sure he was very much in view when he he was taken off. But I, I think there was a I, I thought I thought Canate played well. I thought he was he started the game well, and he I thought he, he he competed and did everything that you'd want him to do in in the game. He wasn't rash, he wasn't. He looked of, up a level from his pre-season performances. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think Van Dyke the same. Yeah, you know, I think Van Dijk he's still. He's still the best in the world. I, 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 heading in his own boxes, and he's still the one who, if, if someone said, listen, if if if, a, if the right player gets his head on this, you know everything's great. You know it's going to be Van Dyke, don't you? You, you, he'd the one I'd pick out of anyone to go and, to go and win a ball for you in the penalty area. I thought Robertson, he had a tough time, but I don't think it was necessarily him playing badly. I think it was him sort of. Having his way cut out with, you know, two good players up against him and not much protection from in front, you know, be it Diaz or be it the left sided midfield player. I thought he was brilliant in the last half hour of the game. I thought he really stepped up and, and, and came into his own, showed, you know, a bit of courage and a bit of bit of leadership. The goalkeeper obviously is <laughs> excellent, isn't he? I I was I mean, I I, I saw a little bit of or well, I wouldn't I say I saw a little bit. I had a little bit of sort of <sighs> Descent, if you want to call it that from people who I know about Sobosla like, I thought he was brilliant I thought, I thought yeah. he was great I thought he was excellent I thought he looked he, I looked at it and thought that's that's a good sign and that, that was my takeaway from it I thought he's big he's strong got about for 90 minutes I wish he did that one at the end when it, it dropped him I thought Come on, go on go and sort of win the game at, at the end he, he probably did the right thing in terms of trying to pass it but I, I want him to sort of really back himself there
0: so but, it's all right if he doesn't stand out. Like I think our midfield has yeah. stood out sometimes for the wrong reasons yeah, yeah. last well, season. It's all right if he just puts in just a solid performance well, and eases his way into. Isn't the it nice side.
2: to see two players there? About well, three really. Gakpo, he didn't really do it, but players who the ball goes into him, you think, oh, you're under pressure, and he just turns it around the corner, and you go, actually, we're out exactly, there, look, yeah. lovely. And you know, the goals, the goals are a good example, isn't it? The goalkeeper plays one into someone without, you know, I'm not being cruel on Jordan Henderson, but that's getting turned probably. You know, over his shoulder out to play. You know, maybe or straight back to the goalkeeper. This is a, 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 a pass and a bit of a bit of courage on the ball. Um, I, I I was I was pleased by them. You know, Diaz didn't do a great deal after he scored, but that's great, isn't it, to see him doing that? We were talking it's about the It's the thing Schoen, you want actually. him doing. Yeah, to, to he's like, got to get them. Sadio Mane got Sadio is, Mane yeah. goal, wasn't it? You know, yep. even the fact that he was sliding in was sort of a bit Mane. yes. Yeah. But he's got to be there to, I to was do, do with Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Joss will play better. You know. He, he was still a nuisance enough, especially in the early part of the game. He can play better. Gakko can play better. Salah can play better. But, you know, I think generally there was nobody that you went, oh, that's a problem. That's a huge problem individually. And that's why it's interesting, Harry, to come back
1: to the, the system question, therefore, because we're sitting here and I feel as though also Elliot, I thought, came off the bench, made a real difference. We talked about Curtis Jones as well. And this is, where, this is what Liverpool do need to still think about or engage with is... Do you feel as though that's the right approach to be taken at a ground like Stamford Bridge? Now, you know, recruitment comes into that. But for me, I I do just sort of go back to, we're saying all of this, but we're also saying our centre-halves have a lot to do. We were troubled in these areas. Robertson was put under pressure. But we're simultaneously saying that these players played well.
0: Yeah, if you're talking about every single player on the pitch putting in a solid and consistent performance and yet you still haven't come away and felt like you were totally dominant for, for large parts of the game, then I think that does... Raise questions with the system. And, and for me, the biggest question mark does fall to two players, and that's Kanate and Robertson. If you look at Kanate's heat map from yesterday, the ground that he had to cover from the, the right-hand side of defence, obviously, and then shifting into the full-back position and then even into midfield at times when Liverpool are pressing high, he is so much ground to cover and I think he does so well by the way yesterday but it does still raise questions of whether we should be asking that much whether it's reasonable to ask that much over a 38 game season when he drops out who is going to step in and do that because I don't think any of the backup options we currently have will be capable of doing that and covering the ground that he does because he's got the recovery pace and the other attributes to make it work and then Robertson as well is is the same question we've been talking about in pre-season at the end of last season Is it getting the best out of him? Is it allowing him to do what he does best? Do we need someone who's a little bit more of an out-and-out left-sided defender in that position if we're going with a three at the back? I think those are all valid concerns. I think you see in very obvious periods of the game yesterday, where they do cause us issues and where it does feel like one ball in behind, like in pre-season we spoke about so much, does cause little problems. I don't want to be talking about the goalkeeper being man of the match. I don't want that situation again where he is having to sometimes step up. Obviously, it's incredibly... We're incredibly lucky that we have him and that he is that good. But I just would like him to have that little bit more protection. And in the current... System with the current players, excluding recruitment, because if we bring a a solid defensive midfielder in, this conversation all changes. But with the current system and the current set of players, I think it does leave far too many vulnerabilities open.
1: Do you? So I'll 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 ask you this: Do you think if if they did bring any defensive midfielder in, it all changes, Andy? Because that that's the thing I still remain skeptical of. Mm. I think it can it can improve, and I'm fine with this in a way that we, you know, it's back to my idea. I I think we're building this a lot of this towards results against the bottom ten, home and away. I think we're trying to do something. that's a little bit different and I'm fine, I'm fine with it up to a point but I don't think one player even, and even two, even if you for instance had a more traditionally sort of left-hand sided centre half option ahead of Robertson which the other thing people are talking about, I don't think it change. I, th- I think it can improve matters possibly off the ball but I don't think it changes everything because I think Liverpool, to use the old Benitez blanket metaphor, Liverpool are putting their blanket in a very, very specific way here and saying, okay, you can get at us. Try and get at us because we want to try and get at you the other way. I don't. I don't. I don't think everything just gets solved with the with, with the magic
3: wand. No, I, I think one of the reasons why he's, he's implemented the system just picking up what Harriet said is I think he just backs the keeper. I think he. I think part of it is you will get chances, but I've got the best keeper in the world, so I'm kind of happy. I think that's a little bit Pep probably gets City get attacked less because they're they're a bit more rounded than on any he, and he's. You know, nothing comes through the left back attacking wise. Now he, he is very much gone with four units and he and one just steps into stone, steps into midfield. But I think one of the reasons why Klopp is happy trying it is he backs his keeper hundred percent like I think we all do. And then the other one with with the system for me is the six. I think the biggest difference we'll see when or hopefully a six comes in is we'll be more defensively structured because the press and McAllister and so I was like McAllister will be 15 yards up so the balls the direct balls coming will be less because McAllister will be doing that 15 the six hopefully the six is a good player and he, and he helps us in it. but I think just moving McAllister yeah. up 15-20 yards will completely change how often we get Is start. that why were I, surprised I, I you surprised you did start Jones go on start. I was going to say
2: it's not just about because I think that's a, it's a, the perfect point is it's not just about winning the ball you know that's the, that's the number one aim but McAllister good at giving a foul away just that's it. You know that's that that's over that phase of play. You know we're back in now. That's lovely. That's there wasn't enough of that yesterday. There was a couple where, you know, Gakpo got rolled maybe a couple of times, or you know Diaz is the wrong side, just trying to win it. But McAllister is you can see streetwise in that regard. You know Fernandez, the same that they're they're both they're both Argentine World Cup winners who who, who made you know a big difference by doing things like that. They they are good at that, and if McAllister is just a little bit deeper, trying to get on the ball. Doing that, then it, it, it does, you know, you need someone else doing that. And I I, I agree completely with Andy that, that that will really help Liverpool structure, just having the player in the position he was signed to play, really.
0: Yeah, it's too risky for him doing that in the positions he yeah. was in yesterday. You got done a couple you, of that. There, exactly he did, yeah. There was
2: a moment where Gary Neville said, you know, and Gary, Gary Neville, but <laughs> said, There you go, there's an example of why he's not Liverpool need a defensive midfielder because it was Enzo Fernandez ran through, didn't he? But Liverpool blocked the chance. Well, you know, like it was, it was, it was well dealt he with let him him run and past them, He just, he switched off. But also, it was like Liverpool would have worked after the situation. It wasn't a case of oh my god, like you know that's completely gone wrong. So it's not, it's not as simple as oh well, you know, Sophie and Amrabat would have just chased him into the box and, and 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 save the day. You know, Liverpool saved the day. They've got defenders for that. And They've got goalkeepers for that, or a goalkeeper at least for that. Um So. I I don't think it necessarily. You still want one because you want a bit more flexibility and you want a bit more. You know when it gets when you go into Brentford and <laughs> yep. they are putting it on. Yeah, you might be. You, might, you want someone to go and win eddies off long throws and you want someone to sort of sit in front and protect. But yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that it's milk and honey as soon as you put a other, Lavia whoever in in there.
0: Also, when we were playing the 4 3 3, though, we were still talking about the defensive vulnerabilities and the fact mm. that Trent was pushing fi- half far, mm. further forward. Like, there was never there's never a perfect solution. I think the manager referenced this himself recently. He said, Whatever system you play, there's going to be pros to it, but there's also going to be cons. And it's whether you take all the att- attacking impetus that this system gives us and the fact that it's going to allow us to create so many chances that hopefully we take and you kind of just put up with the, the defensive frailties. However, I do think that having someone in there that is more of an out and out number six will alleviate some of those vulnerabilities it won't solve them it won't change everything it won't be the total game changer but it will mean that when Liverpool are exposed and more vulnerable that they do have someone there who will just put in the last ditch tackle who will be the last man standing who will be able to to sweep up some of those areas where I felt like there was gaping holes yesterday
1: there's Chelsea. I'll go say it again, Andy. Chelsea are building it with this back seven. So there's the three centre backs. Then there's the there's, there's the two holders. And then there's the wing backs on either side. Liverpool are building it with a back five, um, and that's one of the reasons I think Chelsea sort of retain possession better. For me, there's a bit of a happy medium. Here. You know, I, I'm not uh, again to sort of to, to, to ask the system question. Liverpool could be four two three one in these games. Uh, Neil wrote a really good piece this morning where he, for instance, said it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if it was Trent a- Alexander-Arnold and McAllister, and I think you can throw Thiago in there in the idea of a four two three one at the base of a midfield, and then you've got a back six. <laughs> but you're building it with a back six, so it's not seven. You've still got four attackers on the pitch. But I think that that I do feel as though there's a bit of a journey to that. That Liverpool have played that that under Klopp, even when they played four three three, there was times when he played four two three one or four four two or whatever you want to say. I just think there's there is a little bit of you know, I hope we see a bit more variance as the season wears on. I don't think he just has to play this way, especially away from home. I think he can he can flip it during games, and I think he actually does do that a little bit with twenty to go.
3: Yeah, I think the other option would be would be to have stick with Trent at right back and just be more of a traditional right back, and then have McAllister and Thiago sitting together as a little base to build from. You could do that. I just wonder yesterday whether Klopp, you know, we spoke earlier about kind of letting them have the ball. Whether it's been a, a Pre game plan to, to let them do it, or you know, halfway once they had that mad 10 minutes, didn't they? Where you know, they, they had the, this allowed goal, they had that chance that you just referenced where McAllister switched off for a second and they've got in. I wonder whether Klopp's watched that and thought they've they're literally building with a seven here, and we've only got five that can press them, lads just let them out until it comes to a trigger point. You know, if you've yep. ever coached, you, you have your trigger points where you then get involved or you engage. He's just gone, while it's there you just kind of shoo them away or bring them into an area you want them. And then they've gone, OK, when as soon as they engage us in this part, we, we then press them. Um, whether he's done that before the game or Jordan, probably a little bit of both. But I think the 7v5 building has definitely had an impact on the way they played yesterday. I think the trigger point was Conor Gallagher, wasn't it? I think it was basically, as soon as he's got it, <laughs> yeah.
2: take it off him. And yeah. they've done it quite well, didn't he? And I, I give him credit, you know. I give I, him I, so much I credit. Don't, I don't rate him at nope. all, as I as haven't, but... I tell you what, he showed some character yesterday. Couldn't he, agree more. I, I'd, have, I'd have been hauling him after 25 minutes if I'm the manager. I'm saying, you're oh, your depth mate, sorry. And I thought he was brilliant for them after that. or certainly for 45 minutes, he was he was brilliant. I'm so glad you said that. I thought, I think the same. I don't particularly rate him. And I think Liverpool yeah. clearly had a plan.
1: And he shows some character yeah, that he stays yeah. in there's that game. Couple, there's a couple where head.
2: it was like, I mean, he was off, wasn't he? If Salah, Salah gets a toe and he's sliding in, you think, you've got to get that right. But uh, he wanted the ball. He carried on doing it. So credit to him. But I think Liverpool definitely had him. Circled in the notebook of you know, as soon as that ball goes in and he's got a bit of a, a bit of he's facing his own goal or he's you know yeah. he's got a, a bit of time to sort of think, get into him and take it off. him thank you very much for listening to the
1: Anfield Wrap. We'll be with you every single Monday now on Sports Social. It's a pleasure to be here. If you haven't thought thought of it already, do consider downloading our app uh, and on there you can see all of our premium content. You can use tokens to explore that if you want to support the Anfield Wrap any way you can uh, on YouTube as well. Uh, we'll be back in a second or two with more on transfers. Just sort of rounding it off, Harriet. Liverpool. They were worse, I'd argue, uh, last season at Stamford Bridge. They could have got battered uh, in the end. You know, yeah. That really was one where the goalkeeper was walking away. M O M. Um, also, they were worse last season at Old Trafford. They were worse at the Amex. They were worse at the G-Tech uh, in there as well. I've just realised that Amex and G-Tech are very very, very corporate, aren't they? Uh, back-to-back. Maybe that's something to go to mind. What's the G-Tech? Uh, Renford, uh, the- yeah. No water. <laughs> um, is that no, true? The no water G-Tech? The game was yeah, the the game game uh, delayed, wasn't oh, it? Course, the, yeah.
2: Because of the water issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the...
1: the the general perception is that you have to win every game, um, and it sort of begins to destroy the notion of a decent point away. I'm going to bore people uh, pulling this out all the way over the season, different examples of it, but I'm going to keep doing it. The 1819 team, which is one of the all-time great Liverpool teams that gets 97 points, only wins three away games against the top 10. Um, they, and they're and they not even good members of the top 10. Uh, they, uh, they're, they're, they, I think, they, if I remember rightly, they win at Leicester Wolves and Tottenham. Uh, that season and they don't have hard lines and the other ones they don't win either apart from arguably City where they get beat uh, they, they don't really have hard lines uh, they just basically get what they deserve and I think my thing on this is that we've got to allow them a good point especially at this stage of the season we've got to we've got to find a way that it's alright uh, as Neil saying before you know for me if anything if Chelsea have got real pretensions and my god they're throwing the money around as though they have they've dropped to you know, they've dropped two. They've still got to come to Anfield uh, on the old head-to-head now. If that's the way it's going to go. they dropped two and I think it's important, Liverpool and everyone connected just breathes in and out a little bit and says, well, it's better than it was last season at Stamford Bridge.
0: Yeah, I think this is where we slightly disagreed on the fact that it was a good first game of the season because your argument was the fact that if you go there and you get a point, then it's a good point. But for me, it's like if that came after a win at home to Bournemouth and then you got another three points somewhere else and then you play Chelsea and you got a point away you'd be looking at that thinking yeah that's really good I think the, the difficulty now for a few fans coming off the back of it is like okay it's the start of the season I wanted it to be kind of a new dawn hit the ground running away from home our form last season was was not good in that, in that particularly bad period we weren't picking up results we weren't able to build anything or put together anything of a performance away from home so I think that's why the nerves are still a little bit there the trepidation is still a little bit there but if you take it for what it is And you reference all those things that I didn't have a clue that we only won three of the three away games against top 10 in the season where we were absolutely incredible. So it doesn't worry me. I think there's a lot of positives to take from it. I just think we need to follow it up with a couple of really solid, good performances and getting the three points. And then hopefully in 10 games time, you can look back and think, okay, how, how good was that to start the season in that way? So, yeah, I'm fine with it. Good point. I think we can all breathe in and breathe out.
3: Well, on that I've come in this morning and me and Andy were chatting before and I said to him is it a good point if you're chasing City and he said which I'm going to back him and hope it's true um, Andy I reckon City only won two of the 10 away games against what you would deem yeah. in the Big Ten last year which, it, yeah. which is mad so yeah. that even adds more to the the, the notion that it, it can be a decent point if they're only winning two. I know they got less points than they normally do, but
0: so why do we have this perception then that you need to be picking up points in every single game to beat City? Like why has that got into our heads that draws are just not acceptable? I don't I don't understand I think, that
2: because it because the memory of those those seasons is not the first part of it. Is it? it's the last part? Yeah, where it's, true. It's thirteen where wins. In a, they win thirteen games in a row, or they drop two in the the last. 70 points, or whatever it's silly they do, you know. Yeah. I think that's that, seared that's in people's minds. But there was a period in that eighteen nineteen season where Liverpool was seven points clear, I think, weren't they? Yeah. Were they? Were they about to go 10 and they drew at Leicester at yeah. home? At Leicester at home, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you <laughs> know weather was mad. Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. So, you know, that, that's I think that's why that's that's the case. But uh, we, we, we spoke last week on a, on a well, like, myself, Andy, and you spoke on last week on a show about. Just just get shit out of your head. Just stop worrying about them. You know, don't, don't get the league out of your head for now. Just 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 sort of grow just into play the games. season, play games and start playing some good football and get back get back sort of enjoying it, you know, and I think that's it was hard because it didn't feel a, a lot of people enjoyed it when they were right up the top. They certainly didn't enjoy it last season when they were out of the top four. But you've got to you've got to find a way to enjoy it. And I, I I think this team can be enjoyable this season. I think it, I think and I think it will be enjoyable.
1: I think got a part of enjoying it. I think Neil is allowing the idea that other teams are going to get to be good. Mm. Like and also enjoying being but them being good if we can. You know. I'm, I'm looking at this I think there's nine really good sides I think if we allow the idea that we all think Brighton's coach is good and they get a lot right so yeah. they're, they're not going anywhere regardless of the of the departures they score four at the weekend could have been more Newcastle but five past Villa but we know Villa are tidy got a good manager you know when you be, and that's before you even got to the traditional big six mm. I'm looking at you know you're going down this and I think that and therefore as part of this that's going to be not, that they are including us nine tougher away so for us it's eight tougher ways because you don't play yourself but we've got to worry about Goodison as well in there which they don't necessarily they have obviously Such a different thing Good some for us As it is for these other sides And I just think I think at some point We've got to get on With the idea of Other teams are good They've got some Really good yeah. players And they've got some Really good managers And therefore You're going to suffer It's going to be hard sometimes I tell you what Not getting beat on the road Is never a bad thing
2: Definitely And against Chelsea as well So I uh... And, and that's the other thing, isn't it? That mini league becomes bigger and bigger, doesn't it? It doesn't, be, it doesn't become sort of, oh, you know, it's going to come down to the two games against City, or it's going to come down to your sort of your, your away form against the top six. It's now, now it's like, well, do you know what? Man Manchester can easily lose there. Lucas could easily lose at Stamford Bridge. So, if you want to do that, that thing where you say, oh, you, you put the results next to each other, you say, well, we might be one nil up in, on a few on a few teams here who are rivals. The, the key thing is obviously, go and win Saturday. Make sure you don't, you don't yep, you know, wet absolutely. the bed on that one. Yeah. Make sure you, you know, I, I, I think they'll have a chance of having a good go at Newcastle. He beat them twice last season. I think, you know, it's going to be a, a raucous St James's Park and if they get on top, then great. But I think Liverpool could, can can cause them problems. So if you go out of there, if you get out of Dodge with a win or a draw, you're suddenly looking at five, seven points from the first three games and going, you know we've got two tough ways out the way.
3: We're, we're in business here. That matters. The Newcastle game's had a bit of added spice in it because Klopp's gone after him in his press conference, and he, yeah, at the, the assistant. And I think you know the rumour is they'll be putting that up in the the changes. and that, that right. what's his name? The, um, Jason his, Tindall. Yeah, he's kind of gone at him in a press conference. And I think that they, there was a lot of need last year between the two, wasn't it? Especially
2: at Anfield. I mean, I that I I always say this. It was <laughs> it, it was a game in August. I've never seen Anfield angrier than than that sort of, and they won. People walking out to me and just "You better ride the <laughs> that there." The
0: worst time the team I've ever
2: seen. That Nick Pope's
1: It was the most
0: frustrating game oh, I think, yeah. like, and I know we won in the end, but I literally remember how frustrated I was sitting through that. It's yeah, just yeah,
2: it was it was, it was um, it, it was bitty. Should we call it?
0: Yeah was it Carvalho winner Carvalho yeah
2: Yeah, Joe Gomez wins the header
1: Uh... all
0: those teams are in and around the the top six or even the top ten have strengthened so much over summer as well and that's why you can come away from, from Chelsea where they have strength and where they have got a new manager who is going to go on to probably do really great things with that team and they've brought in players, they've shifted out players, they've trimmed the squad. They've done everything they need to do over summer. And so I think when they start developing more as the season goes on, you take that even more as a good point. Probably a little bit scarred by the last season where they finished, what, 11th? Did they finish 11th last season? Twelve. Yeah. So that's why maybe a few of us are like, well, is, is it going to be a good point? But they're obviously going to be a lot better in that this season. They should be challenging in the top six, four again. So we'll take it.
1: He's a really good manager. Um, really good manager. Yeah, yeah I, I love his face. He's got a great face.
2: <laughs> he's got a, such
1: a <laughs> nice,
0: good, nice demeanour. Yeah, you know?
2: good suit, good demeanour, yeah. good chap. I like, I like him. I, I, I genuinely. You tell Klopp likes him as well, can yeah, that, yeah. that was a that was a warm hug.
0: A I hard, at the yeah. End, yeah. But also
1: yeah. at the end, I thought there was like a bit, a bit yeah. of a moment between the two of them. Like, tell you what, that was a game of footy, yeah. uh, and no mistake. Uh, no, I I, I, I like him a great deal, um, and yeah, go from there. But he's got Moises Caicedo, uh, Andy McCann, <sighs> and that is that is a real blow. <laughs> Felt like Liverpool were going as far as they would go for Lavia and now they've decided, no, they can go further, uh, which undermines Liverpool's notion of their relationship with value. Um, I thought they'd be more likely to double down on that, but if they are prepared to to go for Lavia, but there's still a chance they miss out on him because he chooses Chelsea, which at this point wouldn't be unreasonable uh, if, he, if, if the footballer and the people around him feel as though he's very much been second choice as far as Liverpool are concerned.
3: Yeah, it feels like Liverpool and Chelsea have gone into a battle for two players and the opposition... Teams who were selling them have been the two real winners because we're potentially going to end up overpaying for Lavia or Chelsea will. And then obviously it looks like Chelsea have had to pay an extra 10 15 for Keisido. Um Yeah, to blow, he's gone. I think listening to all the shows and that I woke up to the news, <laughs> it, the feed, it would have been a good. But as I've read, I, I maybe never got sucked in by it as much as anyone could. Have, as I've read everyone's tweet, it was all very much the clubs, there was no mention of the player and you know you, of, you often see in tweets or, or in social media up-to-date you know, things like personal terms won't be a problem, basically saying they've already been... There, w- there was, though, in, in David Ornstein's original piece, oh, it did there?
2: say it was seen as a formality, yeah, which, I mean... Someone must have said that, mustn't he? Someone well, must, someone's give that away. I'm but... glad I missed that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the, that was the original. Was was that the four a.m. or three
0: a.m.? It was middle of the night, wasn't yeah, it? it was three or 7... four a.m.
2: Yeah, transfers don't
1: sleep. Because
0: me and Neil they were in. Me and Neil was on WhatsApp at five forty-five, I reckon. Yeah, um, yeah, new would, record.
1: Yeah, only only me, you, and Gutman were awake. <laughs> uh,
3: everyone uh, at that point, um, but even even Klopp's yeah. conference, for me mm. was was I was thinking this is a bit moody. This this. I, reckon, it, I don't think this is anywhere near as done as everyone's thinking. And, you know. I'm
0: so surprised he didn't comment on it, because he, I, I feel like normally if it's not 100% done, they just won't pass comment. But he did say there was agreement between the two teams and then did acknowledge the personal terms and everything, but it was a it was a strange day, wasn't it? Yeah. very strange day.
1: It was a strange day. Uh, Harry carried it on live television on behalf of us <laughs> all, which is very good of her. Um, Neil, there is, there is with it. As I say, I'm surprised. Lavia is, has come back in in terms of Liverpool making a really heavy offer, because... They could have made that heavy offer three weeks ago and yeah. go from there. And I think that you know if they're going to talk about the fact that values what matters to them the most, what they can't do is is show weakness around this. I would genuinely argue. I understand that they do need a footballer or maybe even two to come in. Um, Sangare PSV is being mentioned I think Trindade hasn't gone anywhere but I don't think he's going anywhere literally practically whilst they're still in the Libertadores uh, which I don't think is unreasonable by the way Liverpool should not get to bully Fluminese or anything like that you know they've got their own sport and ambitions I think is fitter than presumed I think Fulham have been training him in the dark or something <laughs> uh, t- Tyler Adams isn't fitter than presumed but he's got a 20 million release clause Neil you know I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think there's other names in the frame beyond Lavia if Lavia doesn't work out for them
2: yeah I mean Liverpool have been Briefing that really this summer, haven't you? you know whether it's a genuine sort of thing or, or more of a you know a, a, a sort of a message to Southampton that they don't 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 mess about too much. You know we can we, it's not just you, but Liverpool. I've, I've been saying I look at those names, <laughs> Palina for me doesn't make sense for Liverpool in, in what they've done is 28 and you're looking at a big fee. Obviously one has been mentioned, Decoré from from Crystal Palace. You're sort of looking at him and saying okay, that's a lot of money, but as a player who is a defensive midfielder, who has played in the Premier League, who is young, sort of, bit of upside to him, okay, and he's available now, as into play, like, could he be one? Tyler Adams, I think he's a good player, he's got a pretty chequered injury history, and it's, yeah. you know, 20 million, okay, you might say, that's a, a little, a gamble you might be able to take, but, yeah, I, I've, been, I've been really worried about Liverpool buying an injury-prone player when, when there's so much problems. Sangare been linked before as not the And I know Liverpool were sort of were expecting him to go in January and hence why they were in for Gakpo so early in, in that market they were thinking okay they're going to sell him and Madueke, and we're not going to be stuck for Gakpo so I think Liverpool do see that there's, there's a player that can play in the Premier League or a, a bigger club I think I'm I mean I'm don't know about everyone else but I do get the feeling that it is a little bit just like do you know what whoever it is Liverpool fans I think will just sort of get behind at this moment in time unless it's you know Nabi Keita back on loan or James Milner back in I I think Liverpool fans will get behind it as long as it's sort of like okay just just do it now like let's just let's just get our heads around what the season's going to look like because it's not been a great summer for them has it 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 started off quite well it's been a pretty bad month in terms of the slowness of the progress the sort of scattergun approach a little bit the fact that they've all of a sudden they're in for Caicedo having sort of been nowhere for them now it's we didn't want to play more than 35 for Lavia now it's going to be up to 50 plus up towards 60 it just feels a little bit un-Liverpool doesn't it and I think a lot of people are just like a little bit of clarity over how it's going to look part pass what I'd like it is because I, I want them to crack on and centre backs I, <laughs> I was going to suggest this you, you brought it up about Trent I mean he gave that interview with Sturridge and Trent basically said get me in midfield didn't he I mean he, I, that was the way I read it he said you know I'll be I'll be well up for it I'd learn on the job and when that decision comes I'm I'm, I'm, I'm game is there a right back? Hit? Is there a right back sort of addition or the right sided centre back addition to be thought about? Is that is that a sort of a, a, let's have a go at that for it for this season and see where we're at? You know, it wouldn't be ideal, but if you got a really good right back in, possibly, you know, or or you could you could get a right sided centre back and sort of commit to Robertson as your sort of your, your, your real attack minded left back, who you know let's let's be fair, he's not a bad not a bad attacking full back. There's. I think they just need to, do you need to settle on something quickly because at the moment it just looks a bit like they're, they're throwing darts at the board.
0: Yeah, the thing for me is with the Caicedo versus Lavia thing is that I think there was an acceptance that if they brought Caicedo in, the work in midfield would be more or less done, whereas mm. I think people feel that if they bring Lavia in and it does look like it's getting increasingly, increasingly more likely, that it will be Lavia Plus one, and then are you thinking about defenders as well? Like it still leaves a little bit of work to be done. Although there's only actually sixteen or seventeen appearance difference between Navia and Caicedo. Like a lot of yeah. people are speaking about Caicedo.
2: And by is this, Chester, which is isn't far beyond.
0: Exactly, <laughs> as well. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about Caicedo is this ready-made option. And obviously, he, he's been so impressive and he had such an impact at Brighton and that's where a lot of that's coming from in terms of actual Premier League experience yeah. the gap is not that vast and the, the gap in fee does look to be vast even though Liverpool probably are paying over the odds for what they wanted for this player but yeah Southampton and, and Brighton consistently the real winners in, in this transfer winner, Brighton in every transfer window I think pretty much but yeah I think yeah. it would be Lavia plus one and then a defender and I think that's why it still leaves quite a lot of work, I just quite liked it all to have been wrapped up at least a couple of weeks before the season
2: started. Uh, obviously, just letting you know, in on something behind the curtain a little bit. But I asked Klopp on on Friday. He did obviously an embargoed section of his press conference, and I I was there for um Sunday, uh, um, sorry, the saturdays and I sort of made my introduction to the question was, you know, the two different types of player, not you? you know, Kaise was a lot more established, and Klopp said, no, he's not. Like Klopp, that like, was it, that was his reaction was, well, not really. You know, he's he's a bit couple of years old, and he's played a few a few games more. I disagree with him. You know, Kaiseido's played at the World Cup and, and has shone in the Premier League, whereas Lavia's shown glimpses in the Premier League. You know, Kaiseido was nominated for Young Player of the Year, that kind of thing. But in terms of the, you know, being a sure thing, I, I think Kaiseido is close to being a sure thing, but <laughs> you could make the case that, what, forty five games in the Premier League, isn't it? By Chethich has played twenty two, I think, in his career. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not sort of a hundred and fifteen million's worth. And Lavia even less, I think, is worth sixty million. But well, they do need a player. Oh, oh, yeah. They, they need. I think they need three, players. If, they need if, three if, players. if you, if you, if you, if you're asking me, three to, players at the transfer in January. And for me, that's what I'd like to see them well, do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I think they need. Uh, they, they need one. <laughs> like I was in. <laughs> now. <laughs> they, they need this <laughs> one. Can. Yeah, they need, they this need one. two. One they, need, they need two. Pretty much. And I think ideally they need three. But you know, we're all greedy.
1: Who do you want to hold them? mid? You can pick one of oh, any of the sort of known names, just to end us off,
2: just for a laugh. <laughs>
1: No no one's got, no one's gonna no hunt you down and kill you.
3: Just based on what Neil's just said, obviously that's a little bit behind the curtain. The fact that Klopp's almost was that after Caicedo had started to yeah, go
2: I mean, down? Look, it, it's difficult because he he the point was I can't look I can't start speaking about Caicedo and Lavia specifically because there's stuff going on, yeah. you know. But it it was more like it was more just an instant reaction to my my frame of the question was have you changed this is a change in plan if you're going after Kaiseido because he's more established and he's sort of, well, it's not really, you know, like, it's a yes. bit like, there's still a project there type of thing.
3: But Yeah, maybe that was just playing down his, but based on that, I'd just go, Lavia, they've been in for them all for six weeks, I, I, I think just, you know, I'd like him in, yeah.
1: Okay, uh, there we are, that's the I can take, uh, do take it up with them if you don't like it, uh, maybe they will put you down and kill you, Randy, uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll, not, I'll not feel responsible in any way, shape or form. Uh, thank you very much indeed to Neil Jones. It's uh, a Green King as well, our new partners. Very, very pleased to be partnering with them. Andy Heaton and Ash O'Rourke for producing. We've also had Harry O'Prior uh, joining us. And Andy McCann, uh, who is blameless for all these things. the buy or they buy. They're not going to listen to Andy. Don't worry about it. Uh, it was a good draw. It was a good point. We're going to have to get used to that, you know, because that's the way this league's going to be this season. See you later.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.